Hello, everyone. Thanks for coming outside me today. Today, we turn to New Jersey, my statehood neighbor, to talk to Gerald as it relates to the Backcountry Hunters and Anglers, or BHA, and his role there in his local statewide chapter. I'm very excited to be uh, having a conversation with him today. It's something I'm very passionate about, keeping public lands public, and not just the hunting, but also the fishing. I'm very excited. But before we get to Gerald and what we're going to have a conversation about today, if you would like to be on the podcast, please send me an email, averagejackarchery at gmail.com. Hit me up on Facebook. Hit me up on Instagram. You can always leave a comment on YouTube. But today's episode is not about you. It's about Jared. And welcome to the podcast today, bud. I appreciate it. Great. Thank you so much, Nate. Thank you for having me. Anytime. I'm super excited. So go ahead and for the folks at home, introduce yourself a little bit. Give us a little bit of your background, kind of roughly where you are in New Jersey so people can kind of get that geography figured out, and then as well as uh, your role in BHA. Sure. I, uh, I live in the, well, I'm, my name's Gerald Moriello. I am the chair of the New Jersey chapter of Backcountry Hunters and Anglers, a lifetime fisherman, uh, adult onset hunter. I live in the kind of the northwestern corner of New Jersey. Um, I'm about eight miles from the Delaware Water Gap. And I can throw a rock into the Peak West River, which is a really great trout stream that comes through New Jersey. And that's where our um, trout hatchery is located. Uh, and that empties into the Delaware River. So just to give you a little sense, you know, New Jersey is long. We're about 200 miles long. And um, so this is very mountainous up here. Not what you normally consider New Jersey. Certainly not near the turnpike. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> and then for the backcountry hunter and angler, you're the chair, and I asked you this off air. There are usually more than just one chair for the state because diversity of, like here in Pennsylvania, you got Lancaster County, which is ag, the Amish country, where I'm here in central PA, it's all the mountains. But you're, you've kind of got it all in just the one situation. Oh, sure. You know, we go from, you know, mountains. I mean, there are mountains here. It's not Montana, or, you know, but there's mountains here, um, certainly when you're climbing them. Uh, that's right, a, that's right. a good for sure. Uh, we have a lot of ag up here, corn, soy. Uh, there's just a fair amount of uh, dairy farming that still goes on in the state. And as you go further south, obviously, that's where you get into the more of the suburbs and what people consider New Jersey. And then very quickly, you wind up back into ag. And as you go you know, further south, there's the Pine Barrens, which is a huge swath of land that is, um, uh, you know, all, you know, undeveloped a beautiful part of the state and uh, then we have our coastal fisheries to the east we have the Delaware River to the west um, as you go further down south we have beautiful uh, land for uh, duck hunting and um, turkey hunting a lot of turkeys here in New Jersey but don't tell anybody um, <laughs> let, not as many up by me so it, don't waste your time up here but um, you know <laughs> yeah uh, so it's surprisingly diverse and um, and, and we have great trout fishing here too, especially up here, um, you know, where the, where the Delaware, we have a three, four really great um, fisheries up here for trout fishing. And we have a really nice um, uh, stocking program, excuse me. Sure. Yeah, uh, yeah. And right now we're stocking uh, rainbow trout. So okay. uh, we used to stock browns and, and brookies, but uh, right now the, the program just does rainbows. So okay. not to go off on a tangent, but yes, yeah, it's a very diverse place for such a small state and for having so many people, which is also you know, a good thing. And when it comes to backcountry hunting, maybe not so good. <laughs> yeah. <depending>. maybe. Yeah. <laughs> it's hard. It's hard to uh, kind of quote, get out there. Um, right. You know, yes. here in 
here in PA, I, it seems like I can get lost in almost any of the pieces of public that are within a 45 minute drive of my house. Yeah. Um, but speaking of the, the public and everything, you know, people sometimes ask me because I, I wear it a lot of my videos, my public landowner t-shirt and people yes. always kind of ask about that. You know, it's like, that's kind of, that's kind of stupid. I'm like, well, no, I take it. I personally take it very seriously. So just for the folks at home who are unfamiliar with, with the backcountry hunters and anglers, what is kind of like the mission statement, if you will, for, I mean, cause it's not like it's, it's not like it's been around forever. Like my PA chapter, I think it's only been around since like 2014, 2015, something like that. Yeah. It's very young and in New Jersey is even younger. Yes. Yes. And, and I'll tell you, Pennsylvania has done an amazing job um, you know, with under Chris Hennessy actually is the uh, regional. Uh, he's going to kill me. I don't have his title, but he, he, he's employed by BHA. He lives in state college in that general area and um, was really instrumental in helping us get our chapter started. You know, you talk about Pennsylvania's chapter being so young, it developed um, really well. I mean, you guys did an amazing job. Guys and gals did an amazing job out there. And, you know, we, I kind of lean on Pennsylvania a little bit as a kind of like a big brother and trying to help us, you know, uh, get our, our chapter up and running. We started uh, two years ago, so we're um, in our second year, so not this past virtual rendezvous, but the year before, and BHA has a yearly rendezvous where out, um, it was at one time in Idaho, now it's in Missoula, Montana, where the home office of BHA is, and Lan Tony is our C um, CEO, and hopefully he's not going to listen to this because you, you put me on the spot as far as our, our um, mission statement. I had it memorized. And right. but the reality of it is, is that BHA advocates for public land, public land access and everything that comes along with that in a nutshell. You know, we yes. want people. Yep. I'm sorry. Go ahead, no, yeah. no, go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah, we want people to be able to have this land that's available to them. You know, it's, you know, it's one of those things where it's not an inexhaustible resource. And if we don't protect it, we will lose it. And New Jersey is really a good, um, you know, a good uh, example of that. I wrote with my co-chair um, who moved to South Carolina. So unfortunately, I'm, I'm solo right now. Um, we wrote our mission statement for the Jersey chapter. And in that mission statement, we actually, um, I put a little excerpt in um, from the historical record on our uh, Fish and Wildlife website about there was actually a bounty for wolves in New Jersey that um, they were paying people a bounty to bring a wolf in. And I was like, man, that's amazing, you know? Um, so you don't think of it, but you know, it was once here and, and it's, it's disappearing. And, and, you know, in a nutshell, I think it's important for, for us to, to um, you know, maintain and, and increase where, where we can. Um, yeah, uh, so for me and for my, you know, for my, uh, for my kids, um, you know, I, I want to quote somebody. There's a guy that I've been watching online. I, I, I think he's from um, Wisconsin. His name's Doug Dern. Are you aware of oh, him? Oh, yeah. And he's got that T-shirt. And I bought a hat and T-shirt. And it says, it's not ours. It's our turn. And I'm like, man, I wish I thought of that. Yeah. You know, because it's great. And it's true. It's just our turn. And I think, um, I think that, you know, that's something that we really need to think about. Not just with public land, but with a lot of things. Right. Yeah. So. And I think that the thing that sticks with me uh, what you what you said earlier um, is that it's not just having public land; it's actually having the access to the yes. actual public land. It's all well and great, and they talk about this all the time. It's a huge problem out west. There's tracts of public land that are landlocked, and there is no access because you have to go through private to get to them. Now we don't have that problem here in Pennsylvania, 
but I can only imagine how frustrating it'd be to say, oh yeah, such and such state has X amount of public land, but how much of it is truly accessible? And I think that's one very key critical part to this whole thing, because I think also this plays a lot with the waterways too, because they get a lot trickier in terms of like, I know here in Pennsylvania, we have a chart. I love fishing. Um, I'm not big into our, our stock fishing season. A lot of guys kind of jump on that. Like this is the open day of firearm season and the orange army mm-hmm. heads out in the woods. Yes. I jump on, we have a boatload of class, a, uh, natural reproducing trout waters that are predominantly full of brook trout. And there's a huge sheet of them. There's, they're all tributaries that feed into some sort of the Allegheny or the West branch of Susquehanna out here where I live in, in Clearfield County. But there is, not only does the chart say, this is how long the river is, this is where it starts, this is where it ends, it also tells you how much of it is public, how much is actually publicly accessible. And for the vast majority of them, it's well below 50% of the total contiguous waterway is open to the public for fishing, which I think is a shame because it's a natural, natural reproducing trout stream. I don't keep any fish in it. Most of them aren't even legal, you know, seven inches in size anyway to keep, but it's like, why does this not have more access to it? So I find myself hitting the same three or four bodies of water, even though I'm surrounded by, I think, 20 different class A drought streams within a 20, 30 minute drive of my house. So I think it's not just having the public land and, and our game commission does a good job of acquiring new public land for both hunting, fishing, and trapping, but it's also the ability to actually have access to it, which in New Jersey in particular, because I mean, I don't want to, you know, say, you know, I went to Penn State. We had a lot of people from New Jersey that went to Penn State. And those people were not my kind of people that from New Jersey. You're my kind of people from New Jersey. But I know how the land use is out your way. And that it's, um, you know, the, and the politics of hunting in New Jersey is vastly different than where it is here in the central PA region, State College, as you mentioned, which is Penn State University and that sort of stuff. Yeah. Yeah, you know, as a hunter... Fishing, not as much because, you know, fishing is something that really is part of New Jersey. You know, you get to the coast, we've got a lot of coastline and people fish all up and down it. I mean, there are people, there was a guy on, on Instagram last night was posting fish that he caught um, right in the waterway in Harlem in New York, you know, and it's just like, so fishing is, you know, that we, we've got that, you know, and, and, um, and I'm, I'm proud of that. The hunting though, you know, that was, you know, as an, you know, we talked about me being an adult onset hunter, you know, I'm like, I'm not embarrassed at all. You know, I'm very confident in who I am and, and, you know, I enjoy hunting and I, I, I love the idea of procuring wild meat and it's sustainable. Um, you know, our system, the North American model of wildlife conservation is second to none. Although our, our, I, well, I should probably shouldn't say that, but our governor doesn't always follow it. And we could talk about our bear, our, our bear population, uh. Uh, which we didn't talk before but i think that might be important to touch on briefly but you know the hunting thing you know it is you know you you i can go an hour and a half east of where i am and there are people that never even thought about hunting you know it's never even crossed their mind that that it's even available in new jersey um and then you know there's pockets and so it's very you know varying you know um you know and i went to rutgers so you know, and, and when I was at Rutgers, God bless you. Even, yeah, well, even now our, our football team is pretty bad. Um, but nevertheless, we were really bad back when I was there. <laughs> and, uh, you know, so I, you know, we, I always look towards Penn State, and you know, kind of was, uh, I wish I was a, a, a lion, but, um, you know, that is what it is. So, um, 
yeah, so it's, we've got a lot of, of hunters here and then we have a lot of people that don't. And, and from a political standpoint, it's really important for us to present our, ourselves in a positive light, Correct. you know, like, which is why I, 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 I love what you do. I love, you know, we had mentioned some of the the other guys and gals before because you can easily, you know, mo we hunt by, um, and I'm stealing this from somebody, but at the good graces of others. Because in New Jersey, we are by far the minority and we can easily lose this privilege, you know, and as much as we think it's a right, unfortunately, it's not, um, you know, so we can lose this privilege. And I find that just presenting myself in, in a positive light and, and hunting, you know, cause I think every hunter um, is a, an ambassador, uh, you know, to the, to the sport. And, um, you know, so that's really important. So, yeah. So in Jersey, you know, in certain places, you know, I'm not, you know, um, saying, Hey, yeah, I hunt, right. <laughs> but, uh, you know, and, and, you know, but you know, I'm a doctor and, you know, and, some of my, I'm, I, you know, I don't hide that I hunt. Some people like it, some people don't. And, you know, and one can say like, yeah, I shouldn't, you know, um, you know, advertise it. But again, it's who I am. And, you know, if I was a golfer or a football player or a soccer player or whatever, um, I kind of think of it as it's just who I am, um, you know, and, and like many people. You right. Know? Uh, yeah. So anyway, I, I don't know where I'm going with that, but um, yeah. So well, it's just it, like, that's the thing too like do never be like it always seems to be here in pa we always talk about well, and in any state that's like this michigan pa new york new jersey there's always this idea of of within the hunting community there's always the buck shaming right you know oh you shot the little mm -hmm. four point you shot the little basket sure. six point, right yeah. and then it's like not not only do we get it outside of the hunting community oh you hunt oh so great you're out there killing bambi's mom way to go yeah, dude yeah. you know okay <laughs> and and then we get in the hunting community like all right our brothers and sisters are here you shot the what you know and it's like all right okay yeah. we need to we need to bond together here and this yeah. is where i am really excited to have you on and to meet other people at these banquets we talked about pine night that's coming up here with bha it's yes. getting together with people that want that just want nothing better but for everybody to succeed and to have better experience on public land, both fishing, both hunting, whether you hunt with a bow, whether you hunt with a gun, no one cares. I right. don't care how you get it done and you don't care how the, how the person gets it done. And that I think is really important for these groups and for people like you and me to continue to support that because I think it gets strongly overlooked um, and it's strongly underappreciated. Uh, because otherwise I think we would just constantly sit there and shame each other, both in the hunting community and outside of it. Um, sure. And it's tough. It's tough to, to stand up in the middle of the crowd and say, oh yeah, I, she was delicious. You know, I can't, you know, you can't, you can't, <laughs> yeah. get up and, you can't get up well, and say that, but, but you have to, because it's, it's wonderful food and it's just yeah. running around the forest and, and the diversity of minerals and nutrients. And just, it's just, it's just wonderful, but that's a whole different yeah. Conversation well, yeah, for it's a, a different topic time. for, but it, it plays into it. You know, you talk about the pint nights and, you know, we're doing a virtual pint night, uh, Pennsylvania, New Jersey in August. Uh, I can give you the uh, link. It's on the BHA website. It's backcountryhunters.org. And the, you know, we'll have these pint nights in New Jersey, like, for example, like in Jersey City or in a very, you know, urban area. And people look at us like, you know, what are you talking about? You're, you're, in, you're in Jersey City, you know, and you're, you're talking about hunting. And, um, but we have members there and, you know, and it, it, it's again, presenting ourselves in a positive light, 
you know, you talk about like, you know, oh, you hunt with, uh, you know, a crossbow, uh, you know, and we all kind of beat each other up about it. But like you said, you, you do it legally and you get it done. A hunter's a hunter. And um, it's just like, you know, and it exists in fishing with fly fishing. It's, you know, it's who's the purest and, you know, and, and you know, and l- listen, if you want to fish with a bobber and yes, I said bobber right. and a hook and a, and a, you know, an orange, you know, egg that you got from Walmart and you're enjoying yourself and you're taking advantage of the public land and you're outside then God bless you. God bless you. You know, I think it's great. I mean, I started fishing with, I had this gigantic rod that I found in my grandpa's garage and I just wanted it because it was huge and it was a saltwater rod and I would fish this little pond and um, in Rawway, New Jersey, which is where I grew up, which is very suburban. And um, I actually grew up in Colonia, but Rawway bordered it. And uh, everybody knows the Rawway prison. It's been in many, many movies. And um, so not far from the prison and uh, with a bobber and some frozen corn. And I was out there every day and I can hear horns and I can hear the highway, but that was my back country. You know, and for me, that little piece of land in, you know, off the road was my back country. And, um, you know, so anyway, I went off on a tangent there, but, you know, it, it's just I'm passionate. And sometimes I kind of lose my train of thought there. Sorry. Right. Oh, it's <laughs> fine. Well, and speaking of tangents, let's actually circle back to because you alluded to the bear and the bear oh, problem yeah. that you guys are having in New Jersey. Unpack that a little bit for the folks at home who might not know, because here in PA, we have a good, healthy amount of bears. But you guys are in a literal fight to reduce the population because you have an incredibly unhealthy amount. Yeah. Yeah. So this is kind of how I see it. I'm not speaking for BHA or for fish and wildlife, but sure. as a, you know, as a, uh, you know, a, um, you know, a, a citizen of the Northwestern corner of New Jersey, we have a high bear population up here, you know, black bear carrying capacity is nothing like bear for every, you know, two miles, and I'm not a bear biologist, but I think that's pretty accurate. Um, they don't like being on top of one another. But we recently, over the last, I think now we're going into our second season, the governor um, has uh, um, disallowed hunting on uh, public land. So the only way you can take a bear legally is if you have um, a t- tag for and permission for a private property or um, on some of the um, wildlife management areas, I believe are still open, but there's not, there's not that much as far as access goes. So we've seen us, you know, an increase in the population, which we've been seeing for years. Um, you know, I see black bear in my yard uh, at least once a week. During the spring fall, I see them a lot more than that. I have a, I'll send you, Nate, I have a picture of a boar black bear if he was 500 pounds, he was a pound. I mean, this thing's huge walking across my front lawn, six feet away from my uh, porch. Yeah. Um, The new, the new record uh, was set in New Jersey. I think the bear was over 700 pounds if I'm not mistaken. So, you know, we've, we've got a lot of bears here. And so, you know, you know, talk about, I mentioned, I alluded to before about the North American, you know, uh, model for wildlife conservation. You know, we need to follow that, but, you know, to, to steal Steve Rinella's term, the charismatic, you know, uh, what megafauna, I think he calls them. Yeah. Bears are, you know, people love them and, and they, they, um, you know, they, they humanize them and, um, what's it anthropomorphize them. Yeah. <laughs> and, and we've got a lot of that here and, that has been difficult because even when you do hunt and you go to the, you, we still have to check them here in New Jersey. So you go to the check station and there are people, you know, taking pictures and, and protesting and it's just not a, 
it's just not a fun thing, you know, environment. And, and although it's, you know, they're, they're, you know, given right as an American citizen and, and I, and I wholly support that. Um, I, I think we need to kind of start rethinking how we're, we're handling it here. Uh, people are not equipped to deal with that type of animal, you know, rummaging through their garbage can. It's not a skunk. It's not a raccoon. Um, this is a massive animal. Now, grant you, it's not a grizzly, thankfully. Um, that would make hunting here, it would make New Jersey a lot more interesting, I tell you that. Um, they're, they're timid, and but the big ones, they're not afraid of you. Um, this guy, I holler at him. He looks at me like, all right, yeah, and? And then he just turns and walks, you know, walks away. He doesn't run. Um, it's, uh, yeah, that was, that was, my first encounter was exciting, man. I'm not going to lie. So, um, but this year I'm bear hunting. I bear hunted last year, but I wasn't successful because I didn't really focus on it. Um, it was like, I'm deer hunting. And if I see a bear, because the, the seasons run, um, you know, parallel this year, I'm going to hunt bear, you know, I'm going to okay. carve out time and I'm, and I'm going to hunt bear. So I'm, I'm assuming you can't bait for them. You can, you oh, can you bait can. for them here in New Jersey. Yeah. Yeah. That's the, see, cause you can't glass for them here, you know, cause the woods wait, are wait, wait, dense. Wait, wait, wait. Okay. So legally you can glass for them. You just can't see them. You can glass for them. Oh, okay. legally you can glass. Oh, okay. oh yeah. It's okay. just okay. not, you know, you're lucky if you can see 50 yards in the woods. Right, right. Um, so it's traditional and legal to bait. You just can't shoot them from an elevated position. So you can't put a big pile of bait. And, and I could be wrong on this, but I'm pretty sure. And again, I'm not a, you know, I'm not a bear hunting expert, but I'm going to bone up on my, uh, my rules and make sure that I follow them to the T, but I'm pretty sure that you're supposed to, if you're hunting over bait, it can't be from an elevated position. Okay. okay. So there's some rules and there's a, 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 a it opens with archery and then, um, there's some uh, muzzle loader and then the late season, which is in December, right around our shotgun week here in New Jersey. Um, you can hunt them with a shotgun. Is the, um, aside from all of the political ramifications of the inability to access to bear hunting is the tag separate from your standard um issue resident tag and is it pretty expensive to get it no it's not expensive it's a, a lottery but generally they they're always leftovers um okay. for the most part there's only certain regions in new jersey where it's even allowed so it's not statewide um you know there's certain part because they're not everywhere you know but they're they're their range is increasing um, but no, the tag's not expensive. It's separate. So with your, with your regular license, um, you get a, um, you get an early archery tag. Um, you get your, your buck tag for uh, fall bow, a uh, winter bow. Um, and then there, there's permit portions. This is where our law gets a little complicated. Then it, then you, in the beginning and in the end, you can hunt anywhere. In the middle of the season, during the rut, and you know, as you get into December, it's permit, and it's done by um, region. So there's zones, and it gets a little complicated there. Bears a, a, you know, a little easier. You buy the tag for the for the zone, and then you can hunt there. Um, and there's a bag limit, and um, you know, so there, there's some rules, but it's pretty simple. It's, it's similar to how they run our turkey season here. It's done by lottery, and then you pick, and then if there's leftovers, then you can buy. Oh, your turkey season is by lottery. Yeah, we have a lottery yeah. here, but it does, you know, it, it's gotten to, a, you know, some zones are very hard to get because there's a lot of turkey in New Jersey in certain spots. I'm not going to tell you where. And like I said, they're oh, not we got turkeys all over the place out here. Yeah, but they're, they're actually a nuisance in some places. Oh, really? Turkey attacked wow. my wife's car and damaged the door, the reflection. It was um, fighting its oh, reflection. Yeah. So, you know, they're, they're around. 
but they do it by lottery, but there's almost always leftovers. There's, so, you know, we talk about New Jersey. There's a lot of opportunity here. People may, are going to get mad at me for saying this, but our deer season's long. I think we're opening on September 15th. Up in Northwest Jersey, it closes the um, January 31st, thereabouts. And in some zones um, south and near the more suburban areas where there are a lot of deer, um, less access, unfortunately, those um, seasons will last up until February 15th. So we can hunt from September 15th to February 15th. Lots of opportunity. Yeah, Lots, you know, lots again, of target-rich environment there. Right. This is just you and I talking, though. Yeah, right. <laughs> right. So we're not telling anybody. No. Um, but, you know, and all right, we don't have booners. You know, this is in Iowa. This isn't, you know, you know there are some big deer here. But, um, you know, uh, you know tr traditionally we're, we're not, you know, seeing these massive, um, you know, massive uh, bucks. But um, there, there, there's, there's deer here. So anyway, yeah, <laughs> that's good stuff. Yeah. Yeah, it's interesting coming. Well, I, I guess I'll also tack this on as well. I'm guessing that just like Pennsylvania, trapping is almost non-existent anymore. Yeah, there's there's some people that do it, um, you know, but it is it it's become more and more and more um, rare. Right. Right. Um, yeah. You know. I guess. I, yeah, I, yeah. I guess the reason why I was asking is because along with the bears, are you seeing an influx of other predator species, coons influxing, coyotes, et cetera, bobcats? Because that is oh, something yeah. we have seen. I have seen more coyotes, raccoons, foxes, other predatory species in the past five years than I've ever seen before. Yeah. Yeah. Well, for example, Nate, I've been hunting for three years, right? So um, I've seen four bobcats, it, it, which is my father-in-law, who's my hunting mentor, my, my father-in-law, Henry, um, was like, that's rare. Right. And, but I see bobcats all the time. Um, fox for sure. There's tons of fox. Um, uh, raccoons are another. Uh, I have a friend that um, traps raccoons, and uh, he says that you know he's seeing more and more. You know the raccoons are having huge litters. There's lots of raccoons in the woods, and um, and coyotes. We have a large um, breed or or um, breed, but we have a large coyote uh, here in New Jersey. It, it I, you know I was in the woods last fall. And I was up in a tree stand. It was right around the beginning of November, right before the, the rut kind of kicked in. And I saw what I thought was a husky running in the woods. And I'm looking and then I see two and I see three and then I see four. And I'm like, all right, that's not somebody's lost husky. It was actually a coyote. And I, and I, I couldn't believe how big they were. Um, you know, and, and I was like, holy cow, you know, and here we are an hour from Manhattan and there's a pack of coyotes. Right. <laughs> uh, pretty amazing, you know. Uh, so yeah, I you know I'm not the best person to ask, but I've seen a lot of predators, and um, you know compared to what my father-in-law has said over the years, um, I think uh, we're seeing a lot more of them in the woods. Yeah, so. four bobcats is two more than I've seen in almost 17 years of bow yeah. hunting. Yeah, that's it's a lot. They're they're usually very solitary, yeah. uh, very recluse predators. To see them is pretty impressive. Same yeah, thing with the coyotes too. Yeah, you know, I hear the coyotes at night um, mm -hmm. where I am. You'll hear them. Um, you know, and the bobcat was amazing because the bobcat knew I was there probably 10 minutes before I became aware of it. Oh, they're not and afraid it, of anything. Nothing. And it was looking at me up in the stand and it's like, all right, I see you there. And just walked <laughs> right down the deer trail like, it, you know, and, and it was and it, utterly silent. Um, 
man, I wish I could, wish I could be a little quieter in the right. woods because this is, I feel like I go through the woods like a ton of bricks. So it's pretty funny. <laughs> Amazing critter. I have <laughs> to, uh, I have to ask and kind of unpack a little bit more because we've alluded to it multiple times. Sure. The late onset hunter that you have sure. become because you've been a fisherman your whole life. You've been outside your whole life, that sort of stuff. You live in a state where that where getting outside is not uncommon. But why in particular now? I mean, you've gone not only from late onset hunter to late onset hunter, the head of a chapter of a state of backcountry hunters and anglers. It's not like you're like dipping your toes in here. So what sure. has really pushed you to go clean off the edge in just a few short years? You know, I spent my 20s and most of my 30s under fluorescent lights in a hospital in New York City and Philadelphia. And I got to a point where I just, there was something missing. And my, you know, I just felt like I didn't know what it was. You know, I, we, my wife and I moved and I worked for the VA up in Buffalo, New York, and we were pretty isolated up there. Buffalo is a great city, a lot of fun. Um, but, you know, they have tough winters, as you know, you've probably heard. They have that reputation for a reason and spent a lot of time indoors. But when the, the spring came, I mean, we were busting to be outside and spent a lot of time hiking. And then at that time, I discovered um, Randy Newberg and Meat Eater on Netflix and I'm watching this. And, and for my, um, my birthday that year, which was, um, it was in 2016, my wife bought me a boat from Cabela's in Buffalo. In, um, and I started shooting at a range, indoor range, in the middle of the winter and did that for about a year until I felt pretty good with it. And, uh, you know, taught myself with videos from you and from, you know, from, from, from others. And, and uh, so I'm not a very good, I'm, <laughs> that doesn't sound right from you, but I'm not a very good uh, archer. No, because I'm self-taught. <laughs> Nothing is taken personal. You know, no, Nothing I is taken like, <laughs> And I, um, you know, I, I, so, so that being said, I, I, I started spending more time outside. And, you know, when I talk about growing up fishing and being outdoors, I, I grew up shooting. My, my father was a cop and, and ran the um, firearms uh, training facility in Newark, New Jersey, which is our biggest city. And, uh, you know, I don't even remember the first time I, I shot a rifle. Um, we were very young and never put the whole, all my likes and all what I wanted all together. And then it just kind of came to me while I was watching TV. And, you know, I've always been an advocate for the outdoors and, and I, you know, I absolutely love being outside, you know, my, my, for my entire life. So it all kind of clicked. So I started calling BHA in Montana. And at the same time, a buddy of mine was calling and we were calling and calling. And finally, um, and, and, you know, it's not quite as, you know, they were very receptive, but we were able to kind of pull it together and said, yes, we, we want a chapter here in New Jersey and that I was willing to do what I could to, to get it started. And, um, and then right at that same time, I had, uh, it was September of 2017. Um, my mother was really sick and um, wound up passing away. And my father-in-law, you know, as I was going through this was like, listen, you did Hunter's Ed. You've got your bow. You got all your stuff. Um, you know, my mother was alive at, the, at this point, but she only lasted a couple more weeks. He's like, take some time for yourself and I'm going to get you in a tree. And I remember uh, climbing that tree and Henry, Henry, you know, so this is another kind of a side. I'm terribly afraid of height. Have oh, are you really? <laughs> my father-in-law is a hardcore hunter. He doesn't have a stand that's under 30 feet. Um, so I'm on a, this little platform and I'm climbing and he leaned into me and he's like, you know, he's like, it's all right to be afraid, you know? And uh, I had my 
on and I was all you know protected he actually gave me my harness for Christmas and he said I don't want my grandkids to grow up without a dad so that my harness was my Christmas present yeah. that year so I climbed the tree and, and I got up there and I saw a doe and I saw a um I saw an owl that night I'll never forget it and it changed my life it changed my life and I think it'll change my children's lives and I hope it'll change other people's lives because you know I think in New Jersey we talk about you know access but it's not just access to land it's, it's access to the opportunity to a mentor and what you guys are doing and hunting public and and um Catman and i can go on and on and on is just kind of you know your regular guys sharing your passion and um yeah i know you're not doing it for the money man <laughs> no we so, are not we will tell you we spend way more money doing this than yes. actually getting it right and you know in this day and age that that's a rarity you know, where you're, you're passionate about something and you just want to just, you know, I just want to tell people. Right. So, and that's, that's how kind of BHA kind of got involved too. Cause it's just like regular people, regular guys and gals, whether you hike or you fish or you hunt or whatever, it's just being outside right. and, and being, you know, yeah, just having fun. Yeah. And enjoying what God, God gave us. So. Amen to that. Yeah. And one, right? and, you know, it's interesting. I don't know if just cause I'm a little bit kooky on the inside, not all of my wires are, properly screwed down whenever i'm out doing something there i'll never forget it but there's just one time where i'm sitting in my climbing tree stand it was early in the hunt it was an evening sit so it was probably like 4 35 o'clock plenty of daylight out and i had a red tail hawk come and land on a branch that was probably about eight feet away huge red tail hawk and he late i heard him coming because they're enormous he gets on the branch the whole tree seems to lean over and he looks at me like <laughs> What are you going to do about it? I'm like, nothing, dude. You're just going to hang out here. And I watched him fly. He flew straight away from me and just his sheer size of this bird. And I remember sitting there thinking, this is kind of how my brain works whenever I have any interaction in wildlife, is mm -hmm. no one else witnessed that. Right. I'm the only person who just saw that, who just yeah. witnessed that. And that is so special to me because that it's like that moment was designed just for me to enjoy and for me to yeah. witness it's just so and all that bird was doing was landing on a branch flying away it was just doing bird thing but anytime yeah. i see a deer and i'm not intending on shooting it or i see a bear or i see a coyote and it's not within range and i just watch it do what it naturally does i'm like this is the coolest experience of all time and it yeah. never gets old it no. never gets old watching no. an arrow fly down range and hit the target never gets old. I shoot every single day, dozens and dozens of arrows a day, and it never gets old. I, I hope it never does. And yeah. that's the kind of passion that I like passing on to people because that I think is, you know, everybody is like, oh, you know, it's, it's for the meat, you know, it's, and it is, it's 100% yeah. for the meat. Sure. But literally it's my own guilty pleasure of experiencing one of the coolest things to me, which is getting outside and enjoying the nature, shooting my bow, it's just, all of that is stuff that I can only see in my perspective, in my moment. And that's, I just want to keep sharing it with people as much as I can. Cause I think as soon as they start experiencing it and they start enjoying it, you, you can't, you can't let it go. My yeah. granddad's 77 years old. He's experienced Lyme disease. He still rides motorcycles and, and plays that's golf, awesome. but he still comes out to camp to hunt deer every Thanksgiving weekend. And that's it's just cool. like, you know, he just can't get, he can't get it out of his system. Yeah. And uh, yeah. that's what I hope that everybody, has that experience and continues to do it um, because I think it's, it's so worth it. I, I couldn't say it any better, you know, I do. <laughs> you know, and it's, it's, you know, 
I, I think about you and, you know, you talk about, you know, Deer Camp and I, and I hear, um, you know, um, a couple other guys, um, uh, Mark Kenyon talks about Deer Camp growing up in, you know, Northern Michigan when he was a kid. And I, I like, I want that. And I have two daughters and a son and I have a couple nephews and, you know, I would love to, you know, be able to put together like a deer camp one year, you know, and, and I'd love to do that because, you know, it's, it's so much more, you talk about procuring meat and yeah, that's part of it, but that's a, it's really a small part of it. You know, it's like you talk about the preparation and shooting arrows and I know you shoot competitively as well, but it's that preparation and it, it you know, it's something, um, you know, it, it takes you to a place that, you know, really nothing else can, you know, um, you, you know, and it's a year round thing. And, and, you know, and then it's, it's the challenge of climbing the tree. And for me, it was overcoming my fear of height. And, you know, you talk about, yeah, the interaction with wildlife, you know, that, um, that a uh, red tail hawk in a zoo, in a cage, it's just not the same, you know, it, it's just, it's not, you know, obviously not, you know, so it's, yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's hard to explain. And then the adrenaline that comes with it, you know, the first, when I told you about that doe that I saw for the first time, right, it was a little doe, man, but it was, it could have been, it would have been like a 10 point, you know, I don't know, what's a big buck, a 200 inch or whatever. Oh yeah, it um, doesn't matter it to me. It doesn't matter, man. My, if it's a it fawn, like, I'm flipping out. Uh, and I was hooked. I, yeah. I, got, I got a little taste of that and it was like, man, I, I'm hooked. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> you know, now my wife has to deal. She, she bought me a sign like, uh, well, we're going to hold, um, we're going to uh, delay this marriage yeah. for hunting season or something yeah something quite, like that funny. well it's yeah, so. it's so funny because like i always i always laughed at the the mossy oak commercials they're like it's not a passion it's an obsession i'm like yeah. just get over it <laughs> and then one year i heard uh it was a commercial a uh, jim shockey was doing the the voiceover and the opening line is when i'm not hunting i'm thinking about hunting <laughs> yeah. and i'm like that's just stop it and then like five minutes later, I'm staring out my window at a red oak across the street going, I wonder if that's going to have a bumper crop of acorns this year. It's nowhere near anywhere I can hunt. But I'm yep. sitting there with a pair of binoculars. Like that's the kind of stuff like I'm already planning what weather patterns are going to look like in October and it's July. You know, yep. and so it's like that is the kind of all-consuming thing I don't think people understand about these people that like put stuff on YouTube. Like the hunting public guys – Mm -hmm. They are the epitome, or or Jonathan Baum from Catman. They are yeah. literally when they're not hunting, they are thinking about doing hunting related activities in yeah. preparation for when hunting actually happens. Yeah, and uh, that is that's the kind of passion that um, that I think. Yeah, I want to be like their weird older forty six year old friend. <laughs> Dude, <laughs> I just want to be their weird twenty nine year old friend. I like, want to <laughs> call and say, "Can I intern? My wife will." divorce me oh. I, I want to be an intern man hey honey i'm the uh, sole proprietor of income for this family i'm gonna go right. leave and do a uh, unpaid internship in the middle of iowa sleep on a floor and sleep on a house. floor <laughs> just travel the country in some right. rinky uh, uh, rinky car just yeah. broken down everything yeah no i'm not gonna do it great but anyhow okay. yeah. speaking of things that are broken you alluded to being a doctor and i want to touch on this before we close out today's episode sure. Yeah. Um, you have your own form of social media and trailhead to toe, which relates yeah. to your profession, your actual medical profession. Yeah. Yeah. So if you look it up, you're not going to see much and it's kind of embarrassing, but my thought was, and, and it's been evolving over the last few years is, you know, um, I'm, I'm a foot doctor 
And a lot of the, the questions I get, and I work with a lot of people um, now that are, that are in the outdoors, whether hiking or trail running or hunting or whatever. And, you know, I felt like there was, there was a need there. Um, and I started to evolve my practice more towards just keeping people, you know, out in the woods, on their feet, you know, you know because you think about, you know, what your feet feel like when you're in a tree stand all day. You know, and now that I started saddle hunting, I've been working on different things to do with my feet because I, I use a ring of steps now. I started using a predator platform, which I love. I like the ring of steps because I can get closer to the tree and I feel like I'm, I'm more part of the tree. I don't know, in my mind, but standing on those, um, you know, those pegs for, you know, eight you know, hours or however long I'm up there, you know, I, I started thinking about ways of making my feet more comfortable. Um, you know, people ask me, how do I keep your, you know, your feet warm and all of these questions. So they kind of evolved from that. And I'm, and I'm working on that. I've been working on a project and also t thinking about possibly a podcast, uh, just talking because I, I have 50 topics that people ask me all the time that I can touch on. So that's kind of a work in progress. Um, but I, yeah, so that's been, that's been a lot of fun, you know, and I enjoy what I do and, and you, you wouldn't think like, I, I think I might be the only, um, you know, uh, a BHA a board member podiatrist, podiatrist. <laughs> uh, you know because you know I, I always think of like a Seinfeld and we tend to be the butt of jokes often and it's kind of funny even you know but uh yeah yeah I'm a foot doctor and I don't have a foot fetish so you could you right know, if anybody yeah it, it, but it's just building everything it's just building everything from the ground up like I know for example that I have very yeah. heavy feet when I walk yeah. like it's, I'm a very heavy-footed person uh, mm -hmm. I'm like a freaking elephant trying to run. It's very embarrassing uh, to watch. And so I try not to do it very often. Um, but I know that is part of the reason why my lower back experienced yes. issues. I know Absolutely. it's why. And so I can always be like, oh, my back, I bad this, you know, but I'm just putting band-aid on a bullet wound. I have to watch. So I'm, when I'm, you know, when I'm walking around in school, because I walk, our elementary school is enormous. And we're in the farthest wing of the building and I got to go across the building multiple times a day. It's all on tile, that sort of stuff. I'm very sure. cautious. I wear hiking shoes, like brown suede hiking shoes, because I just can't do, I wear tennis shoes instead of dress shoes, because I literally was destroying my feet, destroying my lower back. And that, I think, is something that now, because the whole thing is going in deep, right? Hiking in miles, lighter, faster setups, this, that, and everything. And the actual... Uh, I think people are forgetting that you got to take care of your body in order to be able to do those things. I'm not saying you got to go be Cam Haynes. I mean, God bless him. The guy's in great shape. Uh, yeah. uh, but you don't, have to, you don't have to go out and do that. But in order to take care of your body, as you say, you know, trail head to toe, if you will, which is a great yeah. play on words, uh, it, it, it is. And it starts from the, literally from the ground up. And I've taken a lot more onus on that ever since my back started going bad two years ago. Um, yeah. And I am able to curtail a lot of my problems that I used to experience. So that's you cool. don't realize, yeah, it, you know, you don't realize. And I, when I talk about feet, anybody that has any questions, absolutely free of charge. I mean, I, I love talking, um, as maybe you can glean from this podcast. You know, it's trailhead to toe at gmail.com. Just email me. But it's the right tool for the job. You know, if you're going to be sheep hunting, you know, out west, then, you know, that there's, gear for that your shoe gear for that and if you're going to be early season hunting in alabama you know um you know and it's 95 degrees there's there's shoe gear for that and, and it's not the same boot um you know and, and you you don't realize how miserable you can be when your feet are 
uncomfortable. There's been a lot of hikes and a lot of hunts that have been ruined from uh, bad shoes or poorly broken in shoes or boots. So, Well, thank you so much, Jared, for being on the podcast again today. I appreciate it, bud. Joining us from New Jersey and folks, for you at home, again, trail head to toe. Check him out on YouTube as oh, well. Look there, man. Just, yeah. just, uh, just email me. And um, I have so a website. You, I was going to say you have a website, <laughs> right? I didn't know if there was yeah. other things. Okay. My YouTube video is embarrassing. Oh, wow. <laughs> I, do you do Instagram, Facebook, that sort of stuff? I'm on Instagram. Trail okay. Head to Toe on Instagram. Yeah, That's check me thought. out there. That's cool. Okay. Sounds good. Well, folks, check out Trail Head to Toe as well as if you would like to be on the podcast. Again, send me an email, averagejackarchery at gmail.com. Hit me up on Facebook or Instagram. Leave a comment on YouTube. Hope you're able to get outside, enjoy the sport of archery, archery hunting if you so choose. Definitely enjoy God's beautiful creation, and we'll get to see you next time.